Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hi, this is Abby Jacobson. You might know me from my show, Broad City. But before all of that, I went to art school. I actually grew up with a family full of artists. My dad and my brother are both graphic designers, and my mom is a potter and makes found object artwork. And as a kid, she used to sell her stuff at craft shows on the weekends. It was a pretty incredible way to grow up. I feel like we were always drawing. I ended up going to school called MICA, Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore. And it was a really wonderful experience. I got to study drawing and painting, and I minored in video, but... Around junior year, I realized through my video work, I was really interested in acting. And I had always been interested in comedy. I was obsessed with SNL. So the next step felt very obvious to me, New York City. I graduated from school in 2006 and I moved up to New York and I started to try and juggle both of these kind of impossible careers, comedy and being an illustrator. I started this greeting card company. And around that time, I asked for a membership to the Museum of Modern Art for Christmas. Hanukkah. We're not super Jewy. Uh, we celebrate both. It's fine. It's great. Anyway, so I got this MoMA membership, which let you go to MoMA for free for a year. So I'd go into the MoMA store, and there's kind of like this whole wall full of cards. And I go in there, and I would slip a couple of my cards into their displays with the hope that someone, some tourist, some art fan, some curator would come by and pick up my card and go to the cash register to try and buy it. And the cashier would then have to say, what is this? I don't recognize this artist. This isn't even in our inventory. Who is this person? They would turn the card over and they'd contact me. And I don't even know what would happen next in the story, because nothing did. But that was just part of my hustle. You know, you gotta hustle in New York City. Anyways, so at this time, you know, my comedy career is starting to take off. As that happened, I just had to let go of the art making. And that was always very sad for me. And as Broad City picked up, you know, I got to give a lot of my illustration work to my alter ego, Abby. I even got to do an illustrated book last year called Carry This Book, which I'm so proud of. But I really miss being around art and getting to talk about art and experience art. I think that sometimes when people go into museums, they see all these things on the walls and they're like, what am I supposed to get out of this? You know, what is the artist's intention? Am I having the correct feeling? And even after years of art school, I feel that way most of the time. But also, I think that What you're supposed to do is look at it and take it in and feel however it makes you feel. Because whatever that is, is right. I don't think it's art. The first impression is rather negative, like it's ugly. But then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. It just should be here because it's really cool. I like this piece a lot. Yeah, I think it's in the eye of the beholder. It feels like accessible art. And we have the oil on canvas. That just seems like outside of my reach. But this seems like art that I could do. <laughs> this podcast is called A Piece of Work. Over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to invite a bunch of my creative friends to basically 
come look at art with me at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Because museums and art are always better with friends. Friends you can talk to, bounce ideas off of, laugh with, and even sometimes have transcendental art experiences with. I'm also going to talk to a bunch of curators and educators and really smart people here at MoMA. Because, you know, they have good ideas too. So together, you, me, them, we're going to check out some pretty cool shit. From my art school days, I know that one of the starting places for modern art is the sculpture I'm standing in front of now. It's a bicycle wheel on top of a stool. It's by Marcel Duchamp. He made the first version in 1913, and he called it Bicycle Wheel. So we're not supposed to spin it, are we? (laughs) It feels like it wants to be spun. And my friend that I brought to look at it with me, Hannibal Burris. He's smart, he's funny, he's not afraid to get up close to the goods. Maybe too close. But why can't I spin it? I have nobody's here. He used to spin it to like kind of think, and Uh that's how it became a thing. Bicycle Wheel was one of the first of a kind of art called ready-mades. Art made with super common, everyday objects you might buy at a store. Yeah, that just looks like some high shit. Yo, what if I put the wheel in a store? <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so a lot of people get, like, angry about it because they're like, well, it's in this gallery with these masters. Oh, it wouldn't make me angry, but it's just like, no. Yeah. Moving along. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bicycle Wheel was a crazy idea when it came out. Super controversial, too. Up until this, art was beautiful. Art was rarefied. Art was elite. But now, what Duchamp was saying was basically anything can be art. And if anything can be art, then anyone can be an artist. In other words, fuck that. Art isn't what you say it is. It's what anyone says it is. He started doing some of this work because he was, like, trying to test, like, a jury system of an art show, Uh if he could get in. Well, that's the thing where I say, okay, I mean, I could do that. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe that's what he's trying. Maybe he's trying to inspire people. Yeah, and that's the thing that people are like, well, I could do that. Like, Okay. Yeah. And then this one is just as a shovel. Just a shovel. Hanging? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just trolling. That's how you <laughs> trolled with art. It's just like, hang the shovel. It's art. Yeah. Yes, we are talking about a snow shovel hanging from the ceiling. Also in this gallery, a window with black leather covering the panes and three wooden measuring sticks of different lengths. So he's got lots of styles. Well, you know what? If this guy only did this stool with the wheel thing... I'd wonder about him, but he has range. He's all over the place. You know, he's like, I can do nice paintings also. I can just hang a shovel from the ceiling too. Yeah, and like, this was him kind of testing the art world and like kind of making fun of it. Well, like the pretentiousness of it. Well, contextually, in 1913, just putting a wheel in a stool, I bet that was kind of crazy back then. Like, what? Yeah. It's very now. Now it's like, oh, it's from Williamsburg. 
<laughs> Wait, this is so Williamsburg. <laughs> Which is where you live, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 1913, uh, I, I'm with it. Yeah. The first one was in uh, 1913. It was a bicycle wheel. This is Duchamp himself talking about bicycle wheel in 1959 on the BBC. And even then, 50 years after it was made, people were still like, Really? Do you think anybody else could make one? Yes, everybody can. Because point, because art first has to be defined. All right. Can we try to define art? We have tried. Everybody has tried. And every century there's a new definition of art. So if we accept the idea of trying not to define art, then the ready-made comes in as a sort of irony because it says, here it is, a thing that I call art. In other words, art is what an artist says it is. I didn't even make it myself. I take it ready-made. So it was a form of denying the possibility of defining art. In other words, the ideas are more important than the actual visual realization. And that last point that Duchamp made, that the ideas behind the art are more important than the art itself, this opened a floodgate. It redefined what art could be and set the stage for the whole century. Artists began thinking about art in totally different ways, and they really haven't stopped. That's next, and this is a piece of work. Okay, we've begun. We're being recorded now. On the record, Anne. Very good. (laughs) This is Anne Temkin. She has been a chief curator at MoMA for a decade. She knows Duchamp's work inside and out, and she's a big fan. The insistence Duchamp had on stating that what was important about an artist was his or her idea, as opposed to technical competence. That for the last 100 years has had an enormous impact on what artists have been able to do, and particularly sculptors, in terms of making things that didn't necessarily need to be actually formed by them. That the artist could have an idea and that that idea could be a breakthrough and could be expressed visually in a thing But that thing didn't need to be something he or she makes all by him or herself. I don't know, but I feel like moving into this world of ready-mades, it just seems like a total shift in exploring. It just feels like... It's an evolution. Yeah, and this feels like I have this idea that no one else has done. Right. And I'm going to run with this. Right. That's a total revolution. And that the idea of a work of art for Duchamp and all of the ideas that it would produce in the head of the viewer looking at the thing was a more interesting way to think about art than to think about it as something beautiful to passively enjoy. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of beauty as the goal or simple enjoyment as the goal of art, he wanted to replace with this sense of art as something that provokes you makes you think, questions your traditional assumptions, 
And that, even when you look at young artists today, has become the new standard Mm -hmm. for a goal of a young artist. Yes, that is it. Why does work have to just be about being beautiful? I mean, we've seen that kind of art for centuries. It's about work that makes you think and it makes you wonder about stuff and yourself and it it can even make you laugh. Duchamp's best-known ready-made is called Fountain. I feel like if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a porcelain urinal on a pedestal. There's a lot of humor in the ready-mades. Part of the thing we're talking about is, you know, sometimes people feel that museums can be not accessible to them. They, like, don't know. Because you do get a feeling when you walk into a museum, it's serious. People feel like museums are serious. And it's so funny that this stuff, you kind of are like, well, do I not get it? You question yourself. But actually, his intent was... It was should be the least... Exactly. There's such comedy there. Yeah. And these should be accessible to you because you know what a bicycle wheel looks like and you know what a snow shovel looks like. And he wasn't coming at it from a pretentious place. He was coming at it almost like... He was on your side. He was on your side to find the the humor in the everyday. I mean, obviously, these things are so artful. Right. These more than the urinal, I think. But the urinal, too. I mean, you you can read funny art history articles about the beauty of its curves. And (laughs) And he's like, I got it at this, as you said, a plumbing supply store or whatever. Yeah. But he really wanted to prick a pin in the balloon of pretension and affectation that so many artists at that time had and that so many galleries or museums had about how important and special the stuff under their roofs were. Yeah, his art is kind of about the art world. Yeah. Duchamp changed the art world when he put everyday objects on display. But across the hall, there's another artist who took that idea one step further. And there's another curator. Ah, another Anne. Can you believe it? This time, Anne Umland, who's going to show it to me. Sometimes the art world can be very unapproachable and feel dare I say, pretentious Mm -hmm. and scary for people that aren't involved, that don't know a lot about the history. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, Anne, you're very approachable. (laughs) As are you, Abby. Anne is very approachable. She's not scary looking at all. And you're like the behind the scenes. You're the one making the decisions in here. So the thing Anne's showing me was made by an artist named Merritt Oppenheim. Story goes, one day Oppenheim was having lunch with Pablo Picasso, no big deal, super cash, and a few other people, like you do, and Picasso commented on her bracelet. It was a furry bracelet, and he liked it. So Oppenheim's all like, furry? Hmm, what if everything was covered in fur? And she makes this artwork called Object, what we're looking at. It's a teacup on a saucer with a spoon. And the entire thing, every piece of it, is covered with fur. Soft, beautiful, brown gazelle fur. Can you handle it? You can clearly recognize its prosaic, utilitarian origins that she has made completely strange, right? Yeah. It is one of the only pieces 
I mean, I guess there's other, there's probably other sculptural pieces in here and some paintings that are really thick, mm-hmm. but it is one of the only pieces that you feel the sense of touch, even mm-hmm. though you can't touch it, obviously. It does mm-hmm. evoke that where most art in here doesn't. Right, not so directly. Yeah. yeah. I think she, it's touch and it's taste. Right, you pick put them to it your mouth. up, you put them to your mouth, and then when you start thinking about putting it to your mouth, other reactions. Now and, it, there is something weirdly, like, risque about thinking about her making this. I mean, I suppose to me it's hard to not think of it as playing with eroticism. Yeah. I, but that's also because that's I not know... not me being a prude, guys. No. I'm just a prude, <laughs> So I like that she could take something so simple. And yeah, and people use that every day. Like, you could imagine that just sitting on your breakfast table, right? right. That it's, it doesn't give you the benefit of the frame on the wall to right. say, right. hello, I'm art. Right. You kind of have to do a double take. It was about objects like that that could make you look at the whole world in a different way. Right, so you go home and you're like, well, I'm not, I don't have this huge painting, but I'm, I'm going to drink my tea. And then the next time right. I drink my tea, I'm like, wow, I... Right, remember the fur-lined cup? Teacup, yeah. right, and maybe if one's in a particularly hallucinatory mode, your own daily implements right. Right? Yeah. can sprout fur or look in some odd way. She was 23 when she made this. So. Isn't that nuts? Do you want to know what I was doing when I was 23? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us. When I was 23, I was sneaking into the MoMA gift shop with my greeting cards, trying to get discovered. You guys know the story? A furry teacup and saucer. A bicycle wheel sticking out of a stool. A shovel. What is art and who gets to decide and why? We're gonna be talking about those questions and so many more throughout this series. I hope you come back. I hope you hang. And that was a piece of work. Thanks to Ann Umland, Hannibal Burris, and Ann Temkin. This show is a co-production of WMYC Studios and MoMA. I'm Abby Jacobson. Thank you so much for listening. 